Hello, how the tech are you? This is our weekly tech show on Echoplex Media. We talk about tech news, science news, what other kind of like tech stuff, related stuff we want to talk about. Um, yeah, including making fun of certain billionaires, which I don't think we do this 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 today. <laughs> uh, but we got some interesting stuff going on. So I'm historian Matt. I do a lot of tech news and science news. Uh, just straight up. And today I got two stories. The first one is robot lawyer is sued by law firm. The law firm is not a robot, but the robot lawyer is being sued. Uh, I'll get into more detail on that. And the other one is in the news everywhere. You probably heard about it, but we want to cover it because it's related to tech news, but Silicon Valley bank collapsed. And we're going to talk about what happened there and what's going on. And back for the show again on the pink mic. Who are you, sir? I am HK Perrin, and uh, I am a software engineer, so I cover mostly software engineering news. And this week, I've got a very interesting story. It actually just came out like literally three days ago. Uh, Microsoft put up on GitHub something called Visual Chat GPT. So uh, basically, Chat GPT with images. Mm. So, uh, over to you with the black microphone. This is a uh, silver microphone. Thank you very much. Um, I'm Dave. I'm the producer of this show. Um, I'm also the producer and broadcaster of all the other shows. We're live uh, here on Twitch, actually, Wednesdays through Sundays. Uh, no longer on Tuesdays, which is good for me. Uh, maybe bad for the community. Who knows? And I have two stories. One is about meta and NFTs, which I like. I had no idea that that was still a thing that they were doing, and uh, it turns out that they aren't. And then speaking of microphones, I have a story about an interesting new Rode microphone and um, a smart way they used uh, parts of the XLR connection to make the, uh, make the USB connection to the microphone a little more uh, sturdy. And uh, back to you, Matt. All right. Uh, so my first story is robot lawyers sued by law firm. So the uh, robot lawyer may have heard of it. It's called do not pay, but is being sued by a for practicing law without a license. So it was uh, described as the world's first robot lawyer. It was first created back in 2015 to help people fight parking tickets. Uh, I remember when it came out and there was a lot of stuff came, a lot of news stories about it for people who wanted to do uh, let people know about fighting parking tickets with this robot lawyer. But anyways, they're being sued by Chicago based law firm Edelson. And they have a quote about what they're doing, which is basically uh, talking about do not pay. They say, unfortunately for its customers, do not pay is not actually a robot, a lawyer, nor a law firm. Do not pay does not have a law degree. It is not barred in any jurisdiction and is not supervised by any lawyer. It's basically not a law, a lawyer and shouldn't be practicing law uh, is the summary there. But the lawsuit is on behalf of Jonathan uh, Feridian. He was a guy who used the website to draft various legal documents and subsequently wasn't happy. It wasn't real clear like what was the problem, but he does say like he, he made a, drafted a few legal documents and was unhappy with the result. But do not pay CEO Joshua Browder vows to fight the lawsuits. What do you guys think? Robot law lawyers. I'm a little confused as to who is being sued here because there has to be an actual 
entity that you are suing. You can't just sue like a piece of software. So it's the company, right? That's being yeah, sued. Yeah. I didn't make that clear, but it's the company is being sued. The company that okay. owns and runs the, the software. Okay. And it's, they're being sued because the company is giving out legal advice that's not coming from someone who has a law degree. Yeah. Pretty okay. much. Yeah. It's not I coming think, from somebody um, in like, and it's not being backed by anybody with a law degree. As far as I can tell, there's nobody at the company that has a law degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would think this is uh, a pretty open and shut case. Like, yeah, uh, you can't do that. So yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think yeah. so. Originally, it was just like fighting parking tickets, and it wasn't like it's kind of a gray area of whether or not I was actually giving out legal advice or legal advice that you know rises to the level that you would need to be a lawyer or something if that makes sense. Um, but definitely now it seems like they're, they've expanded to do a lot of other law related stuff. Um, and yeah, it seems like it's crossed a line by this point. I think it's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, this is pretty funny. Like, I I know, like, we have, you know, like, the bar association and stuff, and it's so that you don't have to actually buy or beware, like, for other things when you deal with, like, an attorney, because the stakes yeah. are much higher versus, like, I bought the wrong TV or whatever. Um, but this is still pretty funny. I, I, I can't imagine that there are a great number of people out there who thought that this was a reasonable substitute for a lawyer. And I have to imagine that there's like language on their website or on like some, you know, somewhere that says, Hey, this isn't a lawyer. Yeah. But I'm sure, but that doesn't matter if you're giving out legal advice. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I understand. I just think this is funny. (laughs) Like, I agree with everything you and just it, said about, like, practicing law without a license and how this is probably an open and shut case. This would be much more interesting if there wasn't a business behind it, right? If it was just some random person that put this thing together and kind of gave it out for free. I think this would be a way different scenario. But if they were, uh, were they charging for this service, Matt? I believe so. Oh, yeah, they're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I think so, too. Uh yeah, like their whole business model is that they're selling legal advice. Otherwise, why the fuck would they even exist? Yeah. This is Again, still pretty like, funny. If you just want to know about the law, you can just Google it. <laughs> well, the uh, um, basically what they're claiming is they're doing stuff that are like, have a lot of forms and stuff and documents. Um, some of that stuff doesn't seem like you would need a lawyer just to have like the, a form that you'd fill out like for some legal thing. Um, but I don't know exactly where the line crosses from uh, actually giving out legal advice uh, and, or just filling out a form that you turn into some jurisdiction for whatever reason. Yeah. Because like sense. when you, you know who, like when you deal you know with who would know where that line is a lawyer, a yeah. real lawyer, <laughs> You would yeah, think that they would, you would they, think that they would hire a lawyer just to tell them about the legalities of what they're yeah. doing. Uh, that's uh, that, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, or like a fresh like law grad or something that <laughs> just been barred or something so that they can hire for cheap. <laughs> okay, see here, we have a lawyer. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> Maybe so, they just asked their bot, and their bot their bot was like, "Yeah, it's cool." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe they asked Chat G, G, Chat GPT. 
So <laughs> yeah, they they may try to do this. They may try to say like, well, you know, people can get uh, forms off of legal zoom that you might otherwise yeah. go for a lawyer to a lawyer for, and we're not doing anything different, but if the, that doesn't matter because like literally legal zoom, first of all, legal zoom has attorneys on staff yep. <laughs> like, and you can, they charge you actually extra to speak to one of them. If you need uh, more advanced advice, then here's the forms you need to fill out. For example, for like an LLC or whatever. And, uh, but I would be willing to bet that the forms on legal zoom, the ones that aren't just kind of bog standard, like government forms that they give you access to, and maybe explain what some of the fields mean. If they were like forms that were drawn up by legal zoom, I bet it was a lawyer that drew up the form or there were people working with under, you know, under the advisement of a lawyer or somebody cleared it. So yeah, I think HK is right. I think that these people should just shut it down, just shut it down. Just be like, yep. what robot or lawyer? Or make it open source. <laughs> oh, do that too. But then be like, what robot lawyer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that's illegal too. A lawyer would probably advise them not to do something like that either. <laughs> probably. That's a funny story, Matt. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you, I guess right. maybe other people don't think it's as funny as I do, but I think it's, I think it's a pretty hilarious story. <laughs> I think it's pretty funny. Yeah, I saw that one. I, I had to, Jump on it. It's a little different source from usual, but the, the whole article's there. We'll be in our notes. Check it out. So I'll go on to my next story, which is what everybody's probably heard about by now, but Silicon Valley Bank collapsed. It was uh, shuttered on, by U.S. Regulator, regulators on Friday. Rumors of the bank failure caused huge deposit outflows. Efforts to raise more capital failed. And this is now the second largest bank failure in the U.S. after Washington Mutual collapse in 2008, back when all the banks are failing. Um, the bank was widely used by Silicon Valley startups, and people were con- concerned that the bank's failure could cause the startup market to collapse because, you know, everybody had, all these startups had their money in Silicon Valley Bank, and the deposits are were only insured up to $250,000. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, but yeah, it looks like the Fed will bail out the depositors uh, beyond the $250,000, so everybody will be whole again, but um, not bail out the bank itself. So some of this stuff is still, as I have in my notes, this is an ongoing event, possibly with more banks closing in the future. There's already some other banks that are having trouble. Things will probably change by the time this video is released, and we hope to get these videos out sooner or earlier. But uh, what do you guys think? Big bank collapse again. Hey, where'd my mouth? Uh, I mean, you know, I'm I'm in my mid thirties, and this is just the next giant global catastrophe. This is just just the beginning of it, right? This <laughs> this has been my life. Just one giant global catastrophe after another. Yeah. So the I banks failing over and over again. I'm really glad this yep. dropped on a Friday because every ghoul in Silicon Valley was freaking out on Twitter all weekend. <laughs> there were, I just, I yeah. was like, I was like, Oh, I know I could tell instantly who, or like who had really good friends or something who had a bunch of money in there. 
I could, and I could tell who didn't because they were, um, because you know, the VC types and all that, they do like to snipe at each other a little bit. That's a little bit like that movie mean girls, but with like billions of dollars. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it, that was, I mean, you know, I, I'm glad that the, uh, people who are doing payroll through there are going to be made whole and that people aren't going to like, it doesn't look like people are going to miss their paychecks, which is good. Um, but I got to tell you, I'm just glad it dropped on a Friday and not on a Monday because it just <laughs> gave people, especially that David Sachs guy. I don't know if you know who that is. He's like a big VC and he was just, he was just posting through it all weekend. I mean, just posting through <laughs> it, just straight up stream of consciousness from this guy. Um, there was some, you know, I was reading that, uh, uh, founders fund, our good friend, uh, a frequent flyer, funny enough on the intellectual dollar tree, Peter Thiel, they took a bunch of money out of the bank um last week and we're telling other people to do it and that you know kind of had a cascading that kind of had a cascading effect and then you know there was just a run on the bank and you know i don't i don't think it was peter Thiel's fault or whatever but um i would like to find out that it is um <laughs> i'd like to later find out that he did this because that's illegal <laughs> yeah there's a slim possibility because I, I definitely heard that Peter Thiel was telling everybody to take their, their money out of this bank. And that's what caused it basically to collapse. It was a good old fashioned bank run. Uh, but I don't know if he did that maliciously, like he was trying to get the bank to fail or uh, if he was really was just letting people know, Hey, this bank's having some problems. You should probably get your money back, especially if you have more than $250,000 in it. Cause right. it's not going to be uh, insured. Yeah. Um, like I could tell, I could tell Mark Andreessen didn't have any money in there because he wasn't freaking out all, all weekend long. Either that, or maybe he just just decided not to freak out. But it was just I, I just was I, I follow enough people in tech that Twitter still Twitter will feed me um, posts from VCs who I don't follow, probably because they're all Elon's friends, and Elon likes to make sure that his friends get some <laughs> uh, get some exposure here. Of course, he had to come up during this. Um, so yeah, I, it was I got a I got an interesting uh interesting view and watching just the supposedly the smartest people in the room, the smartest people in Silicon Valley just freaking out. It was amazing. I I can't no notes. Perfect. No notes. <laughs> uh do you know if any of the companies you either you worked for ever banked with I know you weren't in the finance department, but people talk. Do you know if any of the companies you worked for were banking with Silicon Valley? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I've only worked for one startup and I don't know anything about their finances. Yeah, when we were like, I mean, we're at a, we're actually at First Republic right now for our business. So I'm starting to think about, up. Oh, oh, that might be one of the next dominoes. So I may have to do the unfortunate thing of just putting the money for my, uh, what's left of the business for my day job into like a normal bank like Chase or something. Um, yeah. Because, that's the that's the only thing that's that that's uh, possible like fallout that I see is that uh that players in business of all kinds are going to take their money out of like regional banks and put them in put them in big banks like you know Chase Bank Bank of America Bank of the West which is now owned by some banking conglomerate and it'll it'll you know there'll be like collapse in like sort of medium sized regional banks and through no fault of their own actually because it's not like it's not like you know, and I think most people know this, if the bank doesn't actually have all the money that's been deposited in the bank, 
the purpose of a bank is that you deposit it and it you deposit money and that the bank lends your money to somebody else like in the form of a loan so that's why a run on the bank is bad because the bank doesn't have all the money and it imagine if they had to have all the money the system would just grind to a halt it wouldn't work if the bank had to have every dollar that was ever deposited first of all the banks wouldn't be able to make any money because how would they make any money they just start charging you exorbitant fees on your deposits so yeah rather than giving you interest right if if you if you have that kind of account like regular checking accounts don't tend to get interest but yeah like savings accounts get a little bit of interest and stuff um i hope that doesn't happen um i hope that small banks and you know regional credit unions like cuz when we had a lot more going on with my business we also had a bank at tech ceu and that was like one of the best places i've ever banked they were just amazing and they're a medium sized regional bank and they a lot of uh a lot of Silicon Valley companies have their money there as well. It's the old Lockheed Credit Union. They, they they just opened it up to everyone else. So I hope that doesn't happen because there's, you know, I don't really care that much. You know, I'm not shedding a tear for bankers or whatever, but like medium-sized banks, they like employ people in the community. They offer competition. They maybe if you're not, if you're not a big fan of these big banks, it offers you an opportunity to maybe feel a little bit better about where you're putting your money because it's like more local, more regional. Uh, that's why I chose Bank of the West at first because it was a, a it's actually a, it was a big regional bank for like California, Arizona, Nevada, and all that. Uh, but you know, I think that a lot of these smaller banks are probably going to get bought up by bigger banks where they might not have been inclined to do it in the first place, just for like the liquidity and and the the the, the financial stability of it. But then it's gonna, you know, it's gonna take some of the good things about like smaller regional banks away, basically. And, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm glad that one crypto bank went out of business. Screw them. Like that (laughs) bank that was heavily into crypto. Like, why would you put, why would you deposit a dollar into a bank that it's like, Oh, we're heavily, we're heavily into crypto. You're like, Oh, give me that dollar back. (laughs) No, 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 not on a key. Not on, not, no, 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 not on the the dollar, the the cash, that (laughs) dollar. I want that dollar back. You're doing what with my money? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if it was a regular real t- retail bank though. So I don't oh, know if I you could know. deposit your stuff, in, your money oh. in it. Could have been just like an investment bank. Yeah, yeah. But that- here's the thing, though. We're gonna take your dollar and we're gonna buy gold, but we don't actually get the gold. Someone else keeps the gold, but we have a dollar worth of gold somewhere. Oh, in someone's we have the garage, to a dollar worth of gold. <laughs> oh, we talk about that on Wednesday a lot too. All those gold ads. Where, where you yeah, where you buy gold and then what they don't do is send you any gold. Yeah, yeah they run on like conservative media outlets. Yeah, yeah we've you're just, you're just buying the idea of gold. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're we're a little bit off topic. Uh, I hope like you know the small and medium sized businesses. You know, I imagine the people that run those were freaking out over the weekend, but they weren't publicly freaking out on Twitter. They were probably trying to figure out what their next step was because they aren't rich piss baby billionaires who are like Wah! all over twitter but mostly for attention i think so i hope those yeah, you know it, it is it is good to hear that the government is helping them right but yeah. not the bank yeah yeah do you want to hear something funny sure about this thing um when this first happened one of the the creators that i follow on on youtube uh posted a video i didn't actually watch the video but it was like just the the headline was something about uh, Elon Musk was going to buy Silicon Valley Bank, and I, 
Almost fell over laughing. <laughs> well, they're screwed. <laughs> right. As if they as if there aren't enough problems. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's in. the only place I heard of that. So I, I don't know if he was just making some, something up or what, but Oh, I bet uh, I bet Elon Musk said he would buy Silicon Valley Bank. He probably tweeted it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a great way that like he buys it and then there's just a whole nother run on the bank. Yeah. <laughs> probably would be. Everybody's like, up, oh, nope, out. Goodbye. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, HK, it seems like it's uh, time for your story. All right. So uh, just a few days ago, Microsoft put up on GitHub something called Visual Chat GPT. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Chat GPT, which I don't know how you're unfamiliar at this point, uh, Chat GPT is a general conversational AI. Uh, so you can ask it questions, you can ask it to write you uh, essays or poems or lyrics, or you can ask it all sorts of things. Uh, but ChatGPT has always been just text. So this new, uh, this, this new thing, Visual Chat GPT, uh, this is now a, uh, a way to add images into chat GPT. So one of their demos here is, uh, asking chat GPT for a picture of a cat and then asking it to replace the cat with the dog and remove the book that was in the image, uh, giving it a, a picture of a motorcycle, asking what color it is. Uh, asking it to remove the motorcycle and chat GPT is able to do all these things with that image. So it's kind of similar to something along the lines of like stable diffusion. Uh, but whereas stable diffusion has no memory of the previous things you've asked it to make chat GPT will retain that sort of uh, memory of the conversation that's going on, the consistency of the conversation, uh, which is, it is really cool. Uh, you can ask it to describe images and then you could say, you could ask something based on what it tells you. Uh, you can, you can ask it to create images. Uh, so it's, it's pretty remarkable to see this, uh, this new capability coming to chat GPT. I don't think they included any actual code. Uh, it was just the, the paper that they put up on GitHub. Uh, but you can go and read their, their paper uh, you can see the, the demos and they included a diagram of the system architecture, which is way beyond my understanding. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's a, a really cool new feature. Uh, what do you guys think? So it reminds me of, do you remember that there's this, there's this guy, I think it's a guy who pe pe people would ask him to like do funny things do like oh take this out of this this image and instead of what they wanted he would like take what they were saying completely literally right yeah and it sort of reminds me <laughs> oh of that God, it was great it's, i i forget the guy's name he's like kind of internet famous for you know could you photoshop you know sometimes what he sometimes some of the stuff he did was kind of inappropriate and rude but it was like people knew what they were going it's like when you it's like when you tweet at wendy's you know what's going to happen right yeah. <laughs> so it just kind of yeah, reminds I love me that of, guy. I would love to see chat GPT have a very literal sense of humor like that. <laughs> I think literal it's chat GPT uh, image. <laughs> I, I think visual. I think it's pretty cool. Um, I think it, you know, for people just kind of trying to make memes and like, or, Oh, I really like the background here, but why I don't care about this card and like the image, you know, that where this is, I think it's like really cool. 
Um, I don't know. I don't know how useful it is, but that sure looked fun to play with. My God. Yeah. You know, we've got, uh, we've got that, that new Google AI that's creating music now, uh, and chat GPT can write lyrics and now chat GPT will even be able to create like, uh, some cover art. Uh, you could, you could just have AI create an entire album for you. I'm sure it would be terrible, but you could have it do it. But you couldn't copyright it. Uh, no, you could not. <laughs> well, I mean, if it was incredibly terrible, would you really want to have your name attached to it anyway? Probably not. <laughs> uh, Tim Pool has his name attached to all his stuff. Oh, man. man. <laughs> Did that you know is, he makes music? Yes, I do. I do. I've, I it's, it's pretty bad. We have, we, have a show, <laughs> we have a show on Sunday. Every time he has a new song come out and starts bragging about it, we play a few seconds of it in, in, in hopes of getting a copyright takedown from Tim Pool because that would be one of them good <laughs> problems. Um. <clears throat> I do like the idea of being able to like use this, like you said, to like generate an album, like use all these different things to like generate, um, basically generate a, a CD essentially. That'd be very funny. Yeah. That'd be very funny. Maybe we can do it. Maybe we can do that. <laughs> yeah. With like lyrics and everything. We can even make a, yeah, I, I, can we make, yeah, we can find some, some, there's gotta be some AI that'll even sing it for us like out of tune. It'll be great. <laughs> we, we, we fine we just run it through auto-tune uh microsoft has that one we covered just a, a little while ago uh i don't know I, I i don't think i heard it sing at all but it did speak so you could feed it in some uh some like we were saying some famous singer like taylor swift or something and then have it use her voice to to sing a song oh that, that's that's probably a problem but yeah yeah just be i would i would be more be like Please sing this in a gospel style. Uh, you could you could say it's Taylor Swift, but Taylor is spelled lowercase t, capital A I, lowercase L O R. Well, I wouldn't, <laughs> I, I I wouldn't do that. You don't you don't want to go to war with Taylor Swift fans on the internet, dude. No, you do not. You do not want to go to war with Taylor Swift. <laughs> I do that is like, listen, I'm here for the I'm here for the rope dope on the internet, but not with Taylor Swift fans and not with K-pop kids. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So that, that was a very cool story. I liked the demo that was up there. Um, you can check the show notes for that. Or uh, if you're watching the video, you kind of saw the demo. So I, I suppose it's my turn now. I just have two stories. Um, one of which is stupid. Um, well, I mean, most of the time when I do stories, they're stupid. Um, I look for kind of dumb tech stuff. But this one is especially stupid. I had no idea that um, Microsoft, or not, I'm sorry, Meta was in the NFT game. And uh, apparently they're moving on from their, from all of their crypto projects and they were pitched as part of metaverse's future. Uh, I read this article and I kind of still don't understand what they were kind of planning to do. I guess you could mint, they were having, they were trying to set up a way to mint NFTs on Facebook and Instagram. And they decided that they're actually not going to do that. Matt, you're more into like crypto and you you like know so, more about this scene than I do. Do you know, do you know more about like what Meta was planning to do here? I don't know about on um, Facebook and Instagram, but they on when their metaverse thing, they were trying to make like NFTs that weren't really NFTs. I don't know, but it was basically like stuff that you could dress up your avatar in, you know, like that, that sort of BS that were NFTs you could trade or something. And it was, it was really obviously just a play for money, right? Like a like, cash grab. 
So it was like it's shoes just, or something. Yeah. It was really, it was really bad. And like, I, I saw some like commercial on it and I was just like, why would you even want to do this? This makes no <laughs> sense. But I'm wondering if that was related and they gave up on it just because like nobody's using it or something. I don't know. Apparently they like spent a billion dollars on their metaverse and nobody uses it. And it looks like a bad video game. Uh, I, I could totally imagine them, you know, coming out with like, uh, like loot boxes filled with NFTs of just like procedurally generated fucking garbage. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, I mean, so many of the, the NFTs were procedurally generated anyways. <laughs> yeah. So they literally they were just garbage. Yeah. Like, well, what they do is they'd have like an artist like for like, um, what was it? The board monkeys one or board apes, right? Like they, yeah. they would have an artist, like make the eyes, like uh, different variations of the eyes and the mouth and, and the overall head or something. I, I don't remember exactly how it was, but it had to fit into certain dimensions. And then from there, the computer would just randomly mix them together and make an NFT. Like a Mr. Potato head or I'm sorry, yeah, like a potato much. head. <laughs> from they got from the- what I can tell was going on for a lot of those. I was literally about to say the same thing, <laughs> just like a and, Mr. Potato. And then people were paying, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousand dollars for him. Oh my God. That's so ridiculous. It's yeah. This is <laughs> what is this world we're living in? Well, whatever. <laughs> exactly. You know, what's you know, what's amazing is that more and more Mark Zuckerberg is just starting to seem like the reasonable person in all this. <laughs> and I don't think it's because he has become reasonable. I think that, everyone else has just gone like further down the unreasonable path and Mark Zuckerberg's, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's, uh, fucking, uh, Android ass has just stayed exactly where he is. You know, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't put it in my, in my news clips, but do you mind if I talk for one second about something really important that Mark Zuckerberg is doing right now? Go ahead. Uh, he, he has, Facebook has released a, a press release basically saying they are working on a federated social network platform, uh, which sounds like it doesn't exactly mean, but it sounds like they're going to make a platform that works with activity pub to be interoperable with Mastodon, which to me is extremely concerning because Facebook, just like Microsoft uses a policy or a, a, a philosophy, I guess called a strategy called embrace extend extinguish where they they take an open technology something like for example xmpp used to be uh you know messenger facebook messenger embraced xmpp uh you could talk with an xmpp client to a facebook messenger user on facebook uh as long as you add a an xmpp server and uh that server can conform to the protocol and then facebook extended that they started introducing new features that xmpp didn't support so you had to be on facebook to get those features uh if you weren't on facebook you could still do regular xmpp stuff but there were things outside of that that you had to be on facebook and facebook sucked a lot of the users out of other xmpp providers uh, and then eventually, Facebook, uh, I guess, extinguished it. They just they just 
cut off their XMPP support. They were just like, we no longer support XMPP. You cannot chat with anyone with anything other than Facebook Messenger, our official client. Uh, so, you know, Facebook has been known to do embrace, extend, extinguish. So if Facebook says they're getting into the Fediverse, that scares me. That is extremely concerning. My other concern with that is I actually enjoy uh, being on Mastodon and I don't want to see a bunch of people's unhinged Facebook posts on Mastodon. That's like the other thing. Yeah. Yeah, that too, please. Uh, if they do that, please, every Mastodon instance maintainer just immediately better block Facebook's instance. <laughs> right. Sorry. Sorry, Grandpa. We don't want to read your cooked posts. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, my next story is actually uh, something pretty cool. Uh, Rode has solved a problem. There's a problem that with basically with USB-C, well, they haven't solved it. They've worked on it. There's a problem with USB-C. There's, um, I first saw it coming up in the context of uh, DJ controllers. Whereas if you remember the USB-A connector, like you would use for an old printer, if you remember, that was like pretty robust and kind of hard to remove. Right, whereas the USB B, USB B. I'm sorry. Um, it was, but it was pretty robust, right? It 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 wasn't hard to remove, but it wasn't coming undone like your phone connector would come undone. And you know, uh, the there was this piece of DJ equipment that everybody kind of liked. The price was right, but then people started noticing that the cable would just come out. <laughs> and that was a, uh, you know, I mean, it's fine, I guess, if you're just spinning some tunes in your um, you know, in your living room or whatever, you just reconnect it and kind of get back to what you were doing, but. You know, this, the controller was small, powerful, worked with Serato, worked with Rekordbox. It was, a you know, great for if you had to go play a gig and you didn't know if they had, you know, good gear or whatever, or you wanted to bring your own, except that the cable fell out. And so as more and more of the uh, USB mics moved to USB-C connectors, people are noticing the same thing, that the the cable will get if the cable gets moved, sometimes the mic will get disconnected. Sometimes the cable would just come out because it was, it was being wiggled or wiggled and wobbled or whatever. And, uh, it seems like road has, I don't know if they did this on purpose and the, the article here doesn't seem to know either, but if you look at this image here and let me try to, let me zoom in on it a little bit for the viewers. If you see the, the USB cable goes in where the XLR cable would go in on this mic. And it's kind of stuck between that it's between the housing and two of the pins on the XLR connector. So it offers like a good deal more stability for the, uh, for the connection of the USB C to the microphone. It also takes up less space. And, uh, this is, you know, you can still, uh, pull it out if, if you pull it out, but it's not going to wobble and, and wiggle in the, in the, in the USB connector. And, if anybody's ever used like a like a blue yeti you've had this problem with the usb where and i think that's a micro usb but the micro usb uh, uh suffers basically from the same problem where it's kind of easy to remove this isn't entirely solving the problem here and it does create an issue where you can't have both xlr and usb at the same time i know a lot of professionals like to do that by professionals, I mean people who aren't me. Uh, they like to do that so that they have a, like a backup of their mics recording. They'll run the XLR through their mixer or whatever. And then maybe just on a completely separate computer, 
they'll have the uh, USB from their mic so that they have a second capture of their own audio. And, you know, if you have a remote guest or whatever, and you're, you know, you're recording on your end and they're recording on their end, but then both of you are also recording a second version of it, you're not losing your recording. <laughs> and so this doesn't let you do that until, until someone makes a weird cable, which they have a funny drawing of at the bottom of this article here. Let me show you this. Obviously, uh, obviously, uh, <laughs> diagram drawing is the passion of someone over here at the verge. And, uh, but we also don't know if the mic, uh, works, uh, with both at the same time. And so, um, you know, I think this would be the first time when we've really kind of covered any podcasting or, uh, you know, streaming, uh, hardware. Uh, what do you guys think of that? I think that drawing looks like a medical device. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's an interesting uh, idea. Uh, not sure how, um, robust those pins are and if you're like squeezing in a, a usb c cable are you going to bend those pins or are they going to work themselves loose or something like that i mean they seem pretty uh pretty stable though like pretty robust the xlr pins are pretty stable they're like the size of like the you know the rca pins yeah yeah so like yeah and you're not those were pretty tough to bend and you're not having to like cram the cable in there. It's just that it's not going to wiggle. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. It's yeah. not, it's not that you, you're, it's not that it's hard to push in because of the resistance from the side of the XLR port and the pins, right? Because that would be very poor design. First of all, it would just be difficult to plug the microphone in. But then secondly, yeah, you, you're going to damage your, you're going to damage either the USB-C cable or the uh, XLR uh, pins, you know, the XLR port on the microphone. There's yeah. room. It's just that there's not much. And so the, the, the main problem with USB-C is that it tends to wiggle loose on, right. on these kinds, on, on, on professional audio devices. Uh, I'm still not interested in using USB. I have, I have very nice preamps here. Thank you very much. And I will continue to use XLR. But uh, Rode makes uh, pretty good microphones. And so I think that, um, I think this one's going to become popular. And I think that, it will people, I think maybe somebody's going to copy that design. And I think that it might also <clears throat> drive some of these companies making audio equipment to find ways to make the USB C connection to their device, like more robust because you hot glue, hot glue. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, you know, like back in the day, uh, technics turntables, the, you there was no rca connection on it right it was you had rca cables coming off of it but there wasn't ports in the back for it you the cable was like soldered to the to the inside of the turntable so that at least on that end your cables were never coming loose that would be a bad idea for your usb cable because usb cables are not you know it's not like a audio cable it's a data cable so if anything if it just starts to slightly degrade you're going to lose your connection Whereas an audio cable, you can bend it and all kinds of, you know, all kinds of stuff you can do with an audio cable and you're not going to lose your connection. But I just thought that was kind of a, kind of a cool device. And I don't know if they, if they had chosen that location for it in order to make it more stable, or if that's just a byproduct of where they put it. But, um, you know, and as we go forward, I think I'm going to try to do more, maybe cover more, uh, podcasting gear and more, more microphones and stuff. So if anybody out there wants to send me free stuff to review on the show, I'd be, I I'd be into that. I want to point out 
point out one more thing that that kind of popped into mind, uh, which I'm sure you've you've run into before. But I think this will work for a lot of regular USB cables. But you know, there's somebody making US cables, USB cables that are or the plugs specifically that are like way too big to fit in there because for whatever reason they want to make this giant extra plug bit. My mouse has a a port on the front and yeah. the only cable that will fit into it is specifically the cable that came with the mouse and I lost that cable. No. <laughs> so at that point what the fuck is the point of USB even? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, it's supposed to be universal. But yeah, this so I think most cables will probably fit cuz I think most of the USB-C cables like they most people do it normally and make them kind of thin, you know, so they're the housing around it, you know, is not not too thick, but somebody is making them too big. And I'm sure that's going to screw stuff up and people are going to complain. Yeah, gonna I cause just problems. I think this is probably an a happy accident that it made it so that it's less wiggly because they just it looks like they did it for the sake of room but yeah it's good but this this USB-C I don't think that I don't think that pro audio gear should have that connector to your computer I just don't think it should I think that I think that the USB-B connector to a 3.1 or a 3.2 is just going to be so much more robust because it like clicks into place like I've yeah. I've used I've used my DJ controller in some pretty um, unpredictable environments and I've never had a problem with the USB connection. <laughs> and I could imagine that there would have been times where if I had USB-C connecting my controller to the my laptop or whatever, it would have definitely come undone. Uh, bike party, for example, that is a, a very harsh environment to DJ in. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is, this is cool. Um, I'm not a big fan of uh, road makes good products. I'm not a user of their products. I'm just, I've been working with audio for a very long time. And I, I either buy uh, fairly expensive sure microphones or I just buy the cheapest thing I can find. That is a, some sort of facsimile of an SM 58. But uh, <laughs> this is, this is good. We'll, we'll see. We'll see when the reviews start coming out, it could be, you know, maybe the reviews are bad. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a pain in the ass to get the connector in. <laughs> um, who knows? But anyway, uh, product reviews. Send me this microphone, Road. I will test it. Um, unfortunately, probably only with the XLR. Um, and then I guess I'll have to send it back. But nobody's sending me any free stuff because we don't have enough viewers. Um, <laughs> I guess that's the show. HK, since you weren't here recently, you want to read us out? Yeah. Uh, so we do the show every week and we we sometimes even put it out that week uh <laughs> this is our uh weekly tech show uh if you want to check out our other shows check out echoplexmedia.com if you want to see us live we stream on twitch uh many nights a week so that's twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia and if you want to donate to us some of your your uh cold hard cash monies you can do that at patreon.com slash echoplex. Have a great tech and week.